0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.
1: You don't have to be an art historian to enjoy sacred art and to share it with your kids. Today's guest, Carrie Davison, is here to tell us about enjoying sacred art with young children. Hello and welcome, I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today we're talking with Carrie Davison about enjoying sacred art with young children. So much fun. Carrie Davison has been married for 34 years to Ken, and they've been homeschooling for 25 years. They have eight children ages 15 to 29 and four grandchildren. Together with their family, they founded Holy Heroes 16 years ago. The Davisons publish and produce Catholic book and saint audio stories, most notably glory stories. And they have two fantastic new books out you're going to love on this topic. Uh, the first one is called I Believe. The Apostles' Creed in Sacred Art for Young Children, and the second one is Praying to Holy Angels, uh, Angel of God, and St. Michael the Archangel's Prayers in Sacred Art for Young Children. So those will be in our show notes. You can find Carrie and her family and all the beautiful work they do. They're great programs at holyheroes.com, and you can even reach out to Carrie, carrie at holyheroes.com. Welcome to the program, Carrie. It's so nice to, to have you with us today. Thank you for having me here. Oh yeah, I'm excited. This is such a great topic. I think it's one of many topics that can scare us when we first start homeschooling until we see other families doing it. Um, what started your interest as a homeschooling mom in using sacred art?
0: i I tried um, you know when my kids were little, I wanted them to have this experience and uh, you know, it was just something natural for me. I thought, Oh, this, th- they should appreciate good things and everything good and true and beautiful. We should be really interested in teaching them and showing them these beautiful things. And um, I, I soon realized it's a very hard thing to do. And when they, my kids were little, I, you know, bought like all the child size masterpieces and bought all this stuff. And, and I, after I did that, I realized that's great, you know? And, now they know all about, now they can look at French Impressionists and do all these things. And they think that's, you know, beautiful and certain other things. And it was just kind of hollow for me. And I just, uh so over the years, I started c- collecting, you know, uh postcards at museums. And then you take your kids to museums and, you know, some of it's great. Some of it's terrible and, and a lot, and the very little of it is religious. And I just, over time I realized, you know, this is not it. And I mean, it's good in a way, but it's not what I wanted. And, um, I, I was, I, it actually goes back to, I lived in France for a few years when I was younger and I was always struck by how this was a long time ago, of course, when I was, um, in my uh, early twenties. So a long time ago, <laughs> um, <I was laughs> how it was so important to, you know, there's no children's there at the time. And I believe there's probably not now there's no children's menu in France. You know, the children eat what the parents eat. The children dress as the parents dress. They behave, you know, everything is very, uh, and I did not live with, uh, I did not know any religious people at the time there. I wasn't a practicing Catholic at the time. And so all of that, even though I, you know, saw all the great art and everything, it wasn't this was not a religious thing. I was just struck by the formation of children there, how from a very young age and, and you know, as I'm being served calves brains, you know, at, in a family I'm, and I'm, I want, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I want the children's menu, you know, and no, no children's <laughs> menu. The kids are just eating this stuff. And I thought, wow, like, wh- how do you do that? Because I grew up in a you know, regular American kid and um, it was very, it was very intentional on their Heart. Like, no, they must learn to eat this. They must learn to dress this way. They must learn to speak this way. They must, this is all. And I thought the manners, everything was very specific. And I thought, wow, it made such an impression on me. And I thought, wow. And then later, of course, now when I'm raising my own children as a Catholic, I started realizing that is really, you need to intentionally inculcate what you want your children to appreciate at a young age. It must be done intentionally. And now we live in a world where, you know, everything's upside down. So really hideous things are called beautiful and really um, and, and, and things that are naturally beautiful are considered vile. So it's really even more urgent and important now than ever. And we're Catholics. We have the, you know, a mountain of Catholic beauty available to us. But it's actually a hard thing to do. And so over the years, I remember I used to buy, um, I have a lot of art books in my house and I would buy them at library sales and at thrift stores. And cause they're, you know, the huge coffee table type books. And um, <laughs> and, wow. things. and some of them are great. And some of them you're like, ah, not so much. I, I, I actually can't even have this in my house, you know? And then um, I remember I bought a, I have a book of Russian art. Any of Russian artists, Russian history is so is so appallingly like goes from bad to worse you know type of thing and then it's reflected in the art all right so I remember I was opening this book it's beautiful book and I opened it I started looking to at it there's like you know some some guy with this throat slit and the axe in his head <laughs> and, my, and my kids are like wow what's up with that <laughs> I thought yeah I will put that away okay <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm just pointing out like you know that it's um even among great art, there's stuff that's not appropriate for children, or you don't want necessarily your children contemplating on. So the beauty of sacred art is that these are things that your children can, you know, meditate on, can look at, can can spend time with, and that can change their hearts and their souls. And those uh, and so the reason we made these books, I made it um, so the I believe so it's the creed. So every phrase of the creed has a piece of sacred art associated with it. And there's like a little focus picture there. And on the bottom here, there's a little, um,
1: yeah, feel free to <laughs> hold that up because our YouTube listeners will enjoy seeing what you've got.
0: So, you know, so like a part of the creed, like, you know, he descended to hell oh. and here's a picture of sacred art. And then at the, and there's a little circle there. And then at the bottom, it explains what that is, what that means in a very short little phrase, because I have a, it's funny. I was talking to someone, a friend, and I was like, you know, and it explains like say, so Every part of the creed, it'll tell you what that specifically means. And this person said to me, "You mean like the communion of saints? What's that all about?" And I hmm. said, "I said, yeah, it actually explains the communion of saints. Hmm. So, you know, so for your children, or for anyone who's looking at it, or a grandparent, or anyone, it it, it will explain specifically what that what that phrase means in a very I, short. I like this for
1: RCIA, frankly.
0: Well, actually, yes, people like it for that too. <laughs> but <laughs> the nice thing about it is uh, a little child can look, and you can read this to them. It, they can memorize their prayer and associate a, a piece of beautiful artwork with that phrase Love and it. have an understanding of what that phrase means. And they can sit and look at every picture in these books and say, and it's every picture is magnificent. And that will be associated in their mind with a Catholic prayer. And the same with the angel book, and that's actually angel books. Angels are very much, and um, I don't know that. I mean, there are specific families that are very good at this, but in the general, obviously, in the general culture, angels are completely um, misinterpreted. But among Catholics, it's they're actually underutilized. You know, um, I don't mean to be such a pragmatist about it, but that is the truth. You know, that yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, angel, and and from a young age we should be teaching our children as you know, especially now they're there to help you. They're there to, um, protect you. And I tell my college kids, and every time you take a test, you pray to them because they can enlighten your mind. You know, when you're taking the test, they will remind you of what it is, you know, that you've forgotten, you know, that's mm-hmm. their job. And, uh, my kids assure me it works. And so, um, uh, I, I'm, so the same thing with the angel prayer and uh, the, actually the, the uh, praying to angels has a little bit of an introduction about angels because um, people need a little bit of a under more understanding of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it's the same thing. It goes through the prayers. It gives a piece of beautiful art. It explains what that phrase means. And, um, so, you know, it's just like a piece of art, a little thing, and then it explains what that phrase actually means in, um, art. And I think I think these are important, especially because they're the truths of the church and, you know, this is the truth. You're going to spend eternity either in heaven or hell. So we need to tell them that. Yeah. at the early stage, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a that's pretty critical information. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so just beginning when they're very young. Um I love that you have these books because we can at really it sounds like at any age step into and this also speaks to learning styles and so many other things and even a social experience. When they're young, you're going to have them on their, your lap looking at these together or cuddled together on the couch, right? Um, but you're looking, you're listening, you're touching the nice pages of the book and all of that. So it just, I feel like... It's so good to have the words associated with images, too. I I read somewhere that retention goes way up when words are associated with images, too. So it's just a really smart thing to put together, as well as very beautiful.
0: Right. And, and beauty is, I think that we as homeschoolers get really wrapped up in the academics of everything. Okay. And uh, this is my little secret that I tell people, um, just to give them a little relief. You really don't have to worry about academics for your five, six, and seven-year-old, honestly. That's my feeling on that. Um, uh-huh. You can actually take this opportunity when they're little to really have them formed in your family and their faith and their hearts and give them an opportunity to contemplate a picture and have a real understanding of what that picture means. And it's beautiful. And teach them from a very young age um This is what beauty looks like. You know, this is what, the and and you can make it more academic as they get older. The great artists of all times, the greatest, spent all of their time painting for God. You know, we forget that now. And we think, oh, all these, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of pictures just kind of showed up. These were some, of these were the greatest human artists of all times. And this is what they spent their time doing. So there's Mm -hmm. an you can push this into academics as you they get older as well. But I think as a a small child, it's more important for them to uh, contemplate this in their hearts. And you know, from with small children, you always go from the concrete to the more abstract. You know, as a child gets older, they understand more abstract things. So I have always kind of whenever I see like you know you know this abstract art is everywhere. It's you know you walk that you know every town has got some piece of of. Abstract art, you know, smacking in the middle of their you know, whatever their their social area is, and it's to me it's a little sad <laughs> that that's where we start all the time. So I think with small children you start with you know concrete beauty, and this is this is beautiful. This is the Blessed Mother. This is the Lord, and and that's what they need to learn as young children and see.
1: Mm, lovely, lovely. Um, what have some of the responses been? of your children? What have they expressed in that process of learning to kind of contemplate and get a handle on beauty and the faith and, and that integration? What have you noticed that comes out of their mouths or that changes their way of thinking? Um,
0: I wasn't as, um, now of course, I, since we made these books, I was, you know, I'm being more systematic about this for my grandchildren, okay? But I do know that my children have a proper understanding of beauty, and a proper understanding of um, what what constitutes beauty in art, in the world, in music, all these type of things. And it doesn't mean that they also don't appreciate things that aren't aren't necessarily traditional art or something. but I know for for sure that they have the they understand the difference. And I think that's very important, particularly in sacred art. They have a very, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever seen this. I, I saw it um, in the '70s. You know, there was a po- there was a point where Stations of the Cross were actually on the walls of churches as stick figures, like they'd have stick figures and they had like one stick figure down on the ground that was like Jesus fell type of thing, Ooh. and it was t- it was terrible. Oh. And I just think about it like it's it's actually now if it weren't so sad, it would be laughable okay but that actually passed for art for many many parishes for a long time and I think about the you know I was one of them The any child looking at this what is that all about you know what what mm-hmm. is what are the what are the stick figure lines what does all that mean and you think about how really poor that is in representation of what what those events actually you know what those pictures the events they were actually supposed to portray it's, it's tragic mm-hmm
1: there's no beauty but there's also no humanity
0: and there's there's and there's no understanding for a small child there's mm-hmm. no there's no understanding whatsoever and even a grown adult is looking at that and saying okay that that is the least inspiring thing i've ever seen
1: Mm. Yeah, and I think about the years of the church where many people in churches were illiterate, and the church did not respond by dumbing the faith down. They created complex, beautiful, sophisticated works of art so that people were absorbing the stories and the truths of the faith at a transcendent level because things were so beautiful and inspired.
0: Yes, and that's what you can do with small children who are illiterate, okay? I mean, that is the truth. And um, you can show a child a very magnificent, you know, a magnificent piece of art, and you would be shocked at what they actually see in that. And, you know, they'll they'll look at that and they'll say, oh, he looks so sad. And, you know, what is and, and it's very so it's very interesting how they they completely understand what is happening in this picture and the emotions and the feelings of the people. And, and, you know, you have to explain in some some details, of course, but it's so interesting how children really take that right into their heart.
1: Mm, That's just beautiful. We have to stop for a really quick break to hear from our sponsors, but we will be right back. Stay with us.
0: Hi, I'm Walter Crawford.
1: And I'm Maureen Whitman.
0: We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out
1: our courses at homeschoolconnections.com.
0: And now back to our program.
1: All right, we're back again with Carrie Davison, and we're having a delightful conversation about Using sacred art with our young children, and and what that's like. I'm just wondering, Carrie, when you sit now with your grandchildren, and you've got more of a system and you've got a lot of experience. What kinds of questions do you ask them as they're looking at art? How do you teach them what it is to contemplate something beautiful?
0: Um, with little children, actually, less is better. You know, they they don't need to hear a lot of talking. You know, let them do the talking. Show them the picture. You can say the, the the phrase in the prayer, what this means, and they'll just look at it and they'll have a very they'll have their own little complex uh, imagination going on that little thing. And it's just very interesting how and you don't really want to explain away too much for kids. Let them let them absorb that and let them in, like imprint that picture in their mind associated with that phrase. Because, mm. really, um this is the time when they're little. they need to memorize all their prayers, so let those prayers be associated with beauty.
1: yeah, yeah, that's wonderful wonderfully said. Um, so we've talked a little bit about you know your these wonderful books that associate words and pictures. What are some other ways that families can just dip their toes in the water and start to use sacred art?
0: Well, um. I, you can go and, to, you know, libraries unload these books all the time. So library sales and uh, thrift stores. Interesting enough, I find it interesting. I've seen this even among homeschool moms. Tons of people are getting rid of their books now um, because, you know, everything's online. And they really think that the online experience can replicate a book, which I do not believe it can. And I believe there's all kinds of research now showing that holding a book and turning the pages of a book is a completely different experience um, intellectually as well as emotionally for a child in particular. Um, and I don't think you want to do that. I think you want to have books in your home. Um, years ago, there you know, all these studies were, you know, depending on how many books were in your home and how much your kids read was a complete, you know, there was a complete uh, correlation between that or actually a direct correlation between that and uh, academic success so there was a time when people were like oh we have to get more books we have to read more we have to do all these things and i think now for some reason people have forgotten that <laughs> and mm. um so I, I see this all the time so if you're looking for books um you know old art books but as i said you, you have to be careful about what you have and what you're buying because you know some you go to a, a library sale you, it's easy to pick up you know, 10 art books for nothing. Well, mm-hmm. an thing. and then you get home and you realize, yeah, I can't have, I don't want this in my house. <laughs> you know, yeah. depending on what it is. So you have to be, you have to be a little discerning.
1: Yeah. I, I actually picked up some beautiful art b- books when our seminary library was buying new books and, and replacing stuff. And they only had so much space. I right. couldn't believe the quality of these beautiful, richly photographed artworks that we now have in our home. And uh, it's amazing, because those were given away.
0: And Uh, those are probably religious art, which is
1: very hard to find. Not all. Uh, We've got Vermeer and and some things like that, Um, but so beautiful and contemplative uh, in the use of light, etc. We just, I like to just sit and look at them from time to time, it's very calming. (laughs) And that's the thing too, you were just referring to the whole brain science connection that um, in the early days of online learning, scientists were noticing that the brain was much more stimulated when students were looking at a computer screen, but then that was the first blush of the data without the proper analysis what was happening is that their brains were becoming overstimulated, overloaded, and kind of bombarded with stimulation. And there was less retention, less understanding. But when they noticed the calmer state electrically of the brain, if that's the correct way to say it, um, it was actually a place of deeper learning and understanding. It was much more a learning brain at that quieter uh, state. Yes.
0: Yes, and that's why they're saying that there's a difference between holding a book and reading and reading a book on a tablet or on a computer. Yeah. I mean, I've, you've experienced this yourself in your own life, I'm sure. Um, and I used to think it was because I, I just was, I grew up reading books versus reading a tablet. But I've heard this now from many people who say, no, no, I much prefer the book.
1: Mm-hmm. I've actually heard that after the first kind of rush of people buying ebooks that that has settled way down. I actually spoke with a publisher about this who said, "Yeah, ebooks are kind of on the wane. More and more people actually want to hold a book in their hands." That made me really happy. That makes me happy to hear too. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think particularly for children, I think you I think children having a child constantly reading on a computer is not a good idea. Hmm
1: yeah yeah there have been so many good books written lately about attention span and all of that too the distractibility that creeps in and uh, and how manipulated we are online and that's all very intentional so that's another topic for another day but this practice of contemplating that silence that igniting of the spirit and the imagination and that ability to connect ideas and images and words within themselves what a beautiful thing to awaken in your children Yes, and you can't
0: really you can't replicate that in any other way. You really can't that type of getting right to their heart with pictures of God and Blessed Mother and all these events of you know that happened in the life of Jesus and in their prayers. You you can't replicate that. And um and this is the idea to to I, there's a um I, I can't remember anymore who said this. I believe it's a Jesuit. So, but a long time ago said, um, you know, if you give me the child till they're seven, you know, the formation of that child and they will have their faith for the rest of their life. And I think that was at a time when the formation of the child in the faith was throughout the culture. Um, you know, throughout, they lived in a Catholic culture and it was very, uh, you know, a strong Catholic family, a strong Catholic culture, and they just formed this child in their faith. So wherever they went out in the world, they would have it. And, um, we don't have that anymore. We don't have a Catholic culture. There aren't, you know, you're, you're a strong Catholic family and you're doing your best, but you also, I wasn't formed in a Catholic culture. So it was a whole learning process for me as well. And, um, you have to intend. So this has to be such an intentional thing we do with our children um, from the very beginning and also everything else they see. And, and that's the other thing. So I, I am going to say this, even if you are not going to homeschool, doing this with your small children in the beginning for the first you know, five, seven years or something will not be wasted. This is not about homeschooling. This is the formation of a child's heart and mind in their faith. And so this this applies to all families everywhere, that this is something you can do in your house, and and having Catholic books and a Catholic culture and making your home kind of a little Catholic enclave, um, will resonate in your family. Mm.
1: I love that. There's a scripture. I think it's Deuteronomy 28. I may be wrong, but it's um if you raise your children in the ways of God, it, when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I take comfort in that because like many people, my young adult is not in the church at the moment, but I believe she'll circle back and her almost a 100 year old grandmother always tells me you've laid a strong foundation, it's there, it it will never leave her. And I also want to say to anyone there cringing a little bit about trying to use sacred art, because maybe you never had any much exposure to it, that God completes what we leave unfinished. Would you say a little bit about maybe just one or two just simple steps to keep in mind when you're introducing sacred art, so we don't panic and think we're not doing it right
0: there's really like no way to like, to to do this right. You know, you look at your kids, um, like, so you can get, you can get, here you go, you can get this book, and you can start teaching them their prayers and looking at sacred art. You can look in the back who painted this. You can look at other art that 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 artist did. And you can just slowly have your children appreciate what's good and beautiful, because everything they see in the world is teaching them that these hideous things are actually beautiful, that this upside down world we live in now, that everything is traditionally beautiful is now questionable. And everything that people, you know, would normally say, that's really not attractive, is now considered, you know, the culture is trying to push to change that, to change that what is what is beautiful into what is ugly. And so I think at a young age it should be this is beautiful. Here it is, and they'll be naturally attracted to it because it's that's in the heart of all of us. So it's not mm. a hard thing. Your kids are your kids are actually looking for this. You know, this is in the in the heart of every human to look for what's good and true and beautiful. This is what God has placed in our heart to find Him. And so you introduce it to them; they will they will pick it right up because that's what they want. That's what their heart is actually geared to see and understand. You know, our hearts aren't made to deal with lies you know they're really not and so when we see a lie we try and somehow figure out how how is this true you know we spend all this time trying to figure out this because our our, in our minds and our hearts we want we're looking for truth so we're we're even searching for truth in lies and so I think as a small child you make it very clear to them this is beautiful this is true um this is you know this is the way we go we go on the path to everything true um and beautiful and then you you kind of teach them from a very young age so when they're older they're not all confused about is that beautiful is that true no they'll have it
1: yeah yeah that's just that's just beautiful i do believe that that it stays in their hearts that it That it's something that God can breathe on that, those embers and bring back to a full flame at some point in their lives. Everybody find Carrie and her family and their beautiful products at holyheroes.com. And you can reach out to Carrie at Carrie. That's K-E-R-R-I. And it'll be in the show notes at holyheroes.com. Carrie, leave us with a final thought can tell us a little bit more about how we find your programs anything that you'd like to share before we sign off for today
0: sure we have if you go to our website holyheroes.com at the bottom you can sign up for all of our free programs which are um advent adventure and lenten adventure summer faith adventure uh there's a um Marian consecration that's also free there's a couple of others there's a um, a, a pro-life you can um follow the development of a child you have a spiritual adoption program so there's a lot of uh holy heroes programs that are free to your family to help you help your children to to kind of inculcate this in their lives and in your family life and make this part of you know build your catholic world in your home um and to make it easier for you to do that so those are our free programs and of course you can find uh, these books, You can find the I Believe book and Praying with Angel books on our
1: website as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Just so exciting. Thank you for the all that you do for others, Carrie, and for this inspiring conversation. You've even made me feel better about it. And I always thought, yeah, great, you know, let's have sacred art around. But just having kind of the concepts, the ideas, and, and a veteran who's really uh invested deeply into this topic it's very reassuring so thank you so much today for being with us and helping us out thank you for having me here oh it's a delight we got to do it again carrie everybody thank you so much for being with us have a happy and holy day with your children god bless you for all that you do in your families and communities